Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. It's Wednesday. I hope wherever you are across the country, you're having a fantastic start to your day. Thank you for spending it with us here on Outkick the Coverage. And if you're a Chicago Cub fan, it's probably a little bit of a uh, not ideal start because last night we had a play-in wild card game following a play-in to win the uh, division. And the Cubs were the unlucky team to lose both of them including last night's game at Wrigley Field. It went 13 innings. It might well have ended long after many of you were asleep. 2-1, to one, the Colorado Rockies advance. Now the Major League Baseball playoffs are set, and this is when I start to pay attention, to be fair, to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Because uh, Major League Baseball season, because the playoffs are now set. We've got the A's and the Yankees playing uh, tonight. Tomorrow, we will have a a bunch of different games going on. The Rockies, Brewers, and the Braves, Dodgers. All of those things uh, starting to to take off. I want to bring in, tomorrow we'll talk to John Morosi with the start of the the postseason officially underway. He's our official expert. But I want to bring in the crew. Uh, Danny G, did you stay up and watch this entire game last night? I sure did. Yeah, so what time did this game actually end? I know it went 13 innings. Yeah. I went to bed, I don't know, around the eighth inning, I think. I'm glad I didn't wake up for this. Well, I mean, stay up for this because it would have gone much longer, but it had to be 
somewhere around uh, what eleven thirty yeah, or midnight. It, it I was, would think right. It was right about ten fifteen p.m. on the West Coast. So yeah, after so after one, midnight. Yeah, yeah oh. after one. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, it it was a long game. I tweeted out that I felt like I had been watching that same game since lunchtime, which was kind of accurate because I woke up, had a late lunch, turned the game on, and it consumed my entire afternoon and evening. It was a good game, though. Uh, What was interesting is how it came down to position players because it went so late into the night, Clay, that they had to take some of the best bats out of the lineup. Like Rizzo came out of the game for the Cubs. And Charlie Blackman came out of the game for the Rockies. So you had pinch runners and you had lots of position changes out in the field. And suddenly you had backup after backup in there. And that's what it came down to because, in fact, we have the winning call here from Tony Walter's RBI single. The backup catcher for the Rockies was the star of the game. Base hit into center field by Tony Walters. Home comes story. Part of third. The Rockies have regained the lead. Two to one in the top of the 13th. Tony Walters with the biggest hit of his career. Tony Walters, indeed. Uh, I love it. They said who on the uh, on the broadcast or when uh, when that hit actually took place. So now we've got the uh, the Rockies taking on the Brewers. I think that that series starts on Thursday. Now, for television casual viewers, the Cubs mean viewership. So you've got the Yankees and the Red Sox. You've got the Dodgers. So you got uh, the Braves. A bunch of big brands that people react to in a uh, in a positive or negative way. But the Cubs would have been perfect for Major League Baseball. Instead, it is the Rockies advancing. And uh, so let's break this down a little bit. Um, You've got, uh, first of all, for the Dodger crew out there, how confident are you guys at this point? I saw your massive favorites in your series against the Braves. Man, I I wish I felt 100% like the odds, but the Atlanta Braves are a really good team. So if the Dodgers pitching stays the way we think it can be, which, uh, you know, we got Kirsch back in the fold feeling better. And, of course, Bueller looks like a good number one. And But what's interesting is they took out Kershaw for game one and they inserted Ryu. So suddenly Ryu's going to go in game one and Kershaw's going to go in game two. So I would say that that's the question mark a little bit for the Dodgers is what's what's going to happen with the starting pitching. Yeah, what about you, Roberto? Yeah, they're going with the hot hand there, Ryu. Ryu's been really good lately. That's why they probably... Go with him instead of Kershaw. We all know how Kershaw pitches in the postseason. Hey, hey, watch it. Yeah. But I'm confident. I I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. I think that this lineup is deeper than it was last year. Last year, I wasn't confident. I was scared about them facing the Astros. The Astros were a a tough team. I feel more confident this year. I just think, like, the the lineup is deeper, and uh, I think they're going to get it done this year. One thing that's going to be pretty cool, so our television show, if people haven't watched Lock It In yet, and obviously our show is on every uh, every day of the week, Monday to Friday at 4.30 Eastern, and uh, the audience is continuing to grow at a, at a pretty uh, pretty rapid rate, which is, uh, which is very cool for a new sports gambling show. We're in our fourth week now. Thursday and Friday, for those of people out there who maybe get home later or haven't experienced it, we will be on um, shortly after the baseball game. So the Rockies are going to be playing against the Brewers on FS1 on Thursday and Friday in the afternoon uh, around, I think, like 7 o'clock uh, East Coast, 4 o'clock on the, uh, on the West Coast. When those games are over, we will be on on Thursday and Friday with Lock It In. So if you're a baseball fan and you happen to be watching those games on Thursday and Friday, we will come on not too long after that broadcast 
which should be very cool in terms of exposing us to a bigger audience than has been able to see the show so far. So usually the show is on at 4.30 Eastern. The games will literally be taking place during our uh, otherwise scheduled broadcast, so we will uh, be on right after them. So if you're a baseball fan, you happen to be sitting around watching those games on FS1. Certainly if you're a Brewers fan or if you are a Rocky fan, which is uh, uh, the large majority, I would imagine, of the viewership in general, then we will be on right after, which is very cool. So, uh, so I'm excited about that um what about the Yankees Red Sox I mean the Red Sox obviously are the overall favorite to win the World Series um what do you guys think it should they be Eddie Garcia are you an expert here too uh I I, I gotta defer to you guys when it comes to uh, to baseball knowledge well I, I certainly wouldn't call myself an expert but uh, the A's are certainly employing an interesting strategy for this one game against uh, New York they're going to start a relief pitcher Liam Hendricks and apparently they're going to keep bringing in relief pitchers uh, throughout the game and not really go with the starter because of issues with their starting rotation. So that should be an interesting little sidebar is how effective that will be uh, against the Yankees. Uh, How would you guys assess, you're in L.A., how would you assess Dodger mania as it compares to LeBron James? I mean, this is is maybe the peak of L.A. sports, maybe this fall of all time. Like October, if you think about it, You've got the Dodgers in the postseason, which is obviously a huge story. You've got LeBron James about to make his official Laker debut. He played last night. That game was on TNT. LeBron in a Laker uniform. And you've got – we. you still have the, the, the Rams and the Chargers, but the Rams are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So October could be pretty incredible for Rams fans too and for regular football fans in general. How would you assess the interest level in those three stories during the month of October? Well, I I think the Dodgers top the headlines right now just because of the fact that they were in the World Series last season. The Rams are a great story, but remember how they exited the postseason last year in the NFL. And because of that, there's still a question mark in the postseason to see whether or not they can step up to the plate. The Dodgers, they just got to finish. That's the thing. They're the closest out of all the teams to winning a ring. And also, the Dodger fans here kind of rule the town and have for a while, ever since the Lakers have been in a little bit of a rebuild mode. Don't get me wrong, it's still a Laker town, and the Rams are coming on strong right now. But it is Dodger City with Chavez Ravine, and you see all the Dodger flags when you drive down the freeway right now. Dodger fans are just really, really hungry for a World Series win. It is uh, interesting to think about all three of those things coming together at the same time, the nation's second largest market. And you compare it, say, to New York, you know, which would be the only city I think you could compare it to. You got Sam Darnold, I guess, the Eli collapse. You got double NFL teams in New York City. You've got the Yankees, which is always good. Um, but uh, the poor Wobegon, uh, New York Knicks, I mean, it, it is, I would argue, if you had to pick a city right now to be the center of America's sports landscape, L.A. would probably have to be that city right now. I mean, I don't even know what city would be number two on the list of cities that are the focal point of the sports uh, universe. Maybe you could go with Boston as the only other comparison because obviously the Celtics, assuming Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving and everybody else is coming back healthy, are very good. Uh, The Boston Red Sox are obviously in the postseason and had the best record in the American League. And you've had a 20-year run, effectively, for the Patriots with Brady and Belichick. So maybe that's the battle. Maybe it's a battle right now between L.A. and between uh, Boston. And now that I think about it, maybe Boston is more of the focal point 
But it's clear that that would be a one-two punch uh, with Boston and L.A. And given the history of the Celtics and the Lakers, it would be uh, it would be intriguing if that could end up being a battle, or if you end up with Rams Patriots in the uh, in the Super Bowl which would uh, certainly unite the two coasts and uh, and have them going head-to-head. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bulging stricter stuck to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. It's been a while. Danny G, dive in and tell me what we've missed. All right, Clay, let's go to France. Not the way our phone screener and assistant producer Dub did for reals, but in our minds. And this sounds like somewhere you would be hanging out, Clay. A sports betting bar near Chateau de Chantilly in France. They had a, a strange interruption last week, to say the least. A racehorse escaped from a stable and proceeded to run through the bar, sending patrons and staff sprinting for safety, jumping over the bar as the horse went to one side of the bar and then turned around to run back the other direction. So he made a full lap, leaving a path of destruction, destroyed tables, uh, shattered chairs, uh, a pretty crazy scene. I wish there was audio, but they put music, CBS News put music to the video, so you can't actually hear what's happening in the bar. But you can watch it all. You can, yes. It's on CBS News. The owner of the bar, Stephane Jasmine, wrote that she pushed the door open and raced straight for the betting corner. She's talking about the horse. Then the filly turns around, breaking a table and chair. We've never seen anything like this. There were luckily no injuries to people or the horse, according to the report. Can you imagine being drunk, sitting there at the bar? One minute everything is fine, the next minute a horse is running through, knocking over everything. That would have to be a uh, that would have to be an unbelievable scene. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yes. Continue. <laughs> now, Clay, you've driven through Atlanta many times. Oh, every time I go, I get stuck in traffic. Atlanta, one of the worst uh, traffic cities in the entire country. But yes, I have driven. I've been to Atlanta a ton of times over the years well imagine slaughtering your own beef on the atlanta interstate after a tractor trailer hauling them turned over setting off a nearly 16 hour round roundup effort throughout two metro counties there the truck was carrying 89 calves from florida to northwest georgia when it tipped over on i-285 east and the uh, 175 interchange in Cobb County. Some of the animals were trapped in the truck while dozens more spilled out on the interstate and several were hit by drivers coming around the curve of the exit ramp. I can't even imagine (laughs) what that did to morning rush hour traffic in Atlanta, which is already awful. Oh, it was actually, it was was afternoon drive. It says 11 cows were killed. Um, They finally captured the final cow uh, just after 4.15 p.m., but police were still searching into the late night. Reportedly, the cow jumped over the side of the road and into the woods. So, wait, 11 of them were killed by cars? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a slaughter. It's a cow massacre. Man, Chick-fil-A 
uh, Chick Fil A. That's a hell. Of, they're based uh, in. They're based down in Atlanta. I knew eat more chicken. That's a tough to massacre for the cows. That's a. Uh, that's a tough, <laughs> tough one for the knew, ca- eat more chicken campaign. I knew you were going to go there. Oh man, that's a tough break. One in Southern California, a 13-year-old kid got attacked by a shark and they had to shut down the entire beach. Did you guys see that out there? No. A 13-year-old boy expected to recover from a San Diego area after a shark attacked him while he dived for lobsters. Uh, The teenager was, uh, he's going to be fine, but he was uh, bitten off the coast of Encinitas, uh, or Encinitas, uh, a city north of San Diego. And uh, they said he was in, uh, he, he was pretty crazy. Like, I mean, he was um, four miles of beach has been closed. They're trying to figure out exactly what happened early Saturday during the opening hour of California's popular spiny lobster season. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea there was a, there were lobsters that people dove for in California. Uh, the boy was diving in about nine feet of water. 150 yards offshore when he was attacked. Witnesses said the shark was about 11 feet long. That was uh, that was pretty crazy. It's been a decade since somebody was uh, officially attacked. And of course, this comes on the uh, on the heels of a man. We talked about this on the show being bitten by a shark off Cape Cod in Massachusetts. So both sides of the coast. Uh, you never know uh, what you are going to get into there. So diving for is- lobsters. That's weird. Did you know that there no. was a big like lobster I mean, when, season? When like, we pissed my mom off, she told us to go play in the middle of the freeway. But yes. I, I don't think she would have ever let us dive in the ocean for lobster. I didn't know that California had a lobster season. But evidently, especially like Southern California, I would think of that more as like a colder water thing. But uh, evidently, people go dive for lobsters in, uh, in Southern California. And uh, unfortunately, the shark uh, was not happy about that. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. But right now, it's the moment all of you have been waiting for. It is the anonymous mailbag live on radio. I will solve any problems that exist across the nation and the world for the Outkick audience we have got loaded lines right now. My guy Dub has has grabbed them all. Dub is on the spot because he is ranking these calls based on how good he thinks the callers are going to be and how good their problems are going to be. I have no idea how this will go. This is an ongoing experiment, but let's cue the music, boys. It's time for the anonymous mailbag live on the air. You've got mail, mother- anonymous mailbag. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right, Dub, who is up first? Let's start things off in North Carolina. North Carolina, you are on with OutKick. What is your problem? Hey, good morning, Clay. So, Coach High School Football, uh, we're a state-contending football team, and I've got an epidemic of players with uh, electronic cigarettes. Uh, we oh. suspended three starters last week, uh, come back this week. Have another kid in the parking lot gets busted in between school, getting out and practice. Suspend him for a complete game. Uh, we've sent out reminds to to parents. Uh, we've talked to parents. We've had meetings about this internally, uh, and we're kind of at a loss for action. You know, do you suspend your kids uh, and take a chance on losing football games? Obviously, they're high school kids. So what do you do? All right. So, quite I got a couple of questions. I'm not an expert on this e-cigarette thing, so. Are you supposed to have to be 18 years old to use an e-cigarette? Yes, uh, supposedly. It's basically a nicotine, a high level of nicotine uh, in a vapor form. 
Yeah, this is like vaping, right? Like a lot of kids have yep. gotten into it. All right, so absolutely, it, absolutely, it's, it's running the world right now for high school kids. All right, so let me ask you this question too: Is it only using the vaping cigarettes on school grounds? In other words, if they were doing this outside of school grounds, would you have to suspend them? Uh, that kind of gets into a gray area. Uh, yeah. But the, all the kids so far have been caught with them in their vehicles, on school grounds, using them in class, uh, in the <laughs> bathroom, because they have no smell. So once the smoke's gone, it's not like a cigarette where the smell lingers. Uh, it goes away. All right. And this looks, is this... Uh, the, the e-cigarette looks just like a USB port that you plug into your laptop. It's crazy. So you've got how many kids on the team? Uh, we're a two-way school, so probably 100 between JV and varsity. And how many kids have Good you had numbers. to suspend off the JV and the varsity total? Five in two weeks. All right, all right. This is a good question. Uh, thanks for the call. All, all right, so – Sorry, what was he going to say there? Did we lose him? Um, I had to get background because I've never smoked a cigarette. Um, I've never smoked uh, this vaping stuff. Like, I understand it's becoming addictive for kids, these e-cigarettes. I think you keep suspending them. Like, I, I think you say pretty straightforward, look, guys, we are trying to compete for a state championship. If you guys cannot avoid vaping from cigarettes, if you can't avoid e-smoking at school, then you are too dumb to be a member of this team. And not only am I going to have to suspend you, but if this continues, I'm going to have to kick some guys off the team. Because just like if you are 16, 17, 18 years old, you couldn't open a beer and drink it on school grounds. If you are vaping at school, then I'm going to have to kick you off the team. Because what it's telling me is, I can't trust you. And if I can't trust you to follow this simple instruction, why should I trust you to be able to implement our game plan to beat our rivals as we pursue a state championship? So I think you got to be tough love here. Now, I, I think you can also say, I'm only focused on what you're doing at school. I think it's insanely dumb to smoke cigarettes overall or do e-cigarettes or any of that stuff, but that is only my focus at school. Your parents should be trying to keep you from doing it when you're outside of school, but honestly, you shouldn't be doing it. I think you got to suspend. I think you got to suspend, and I think you bring down the weight of the world on them and say, look... The simple truth is, if you want to win a state championship, you got to be able to follow rules. And if you can't follow this basic rule, then you're too dumb to be on my team and you got to go elsewhere. All right, who's up next, Dub? We got Florida up next. Florida is next. Florida, what's shaking? Hey, Clay. Yeah, um, well, I'm a landscaper uh, by day, and uh, one of my one of my crew members uh, from Guatemala uh got a little brain pulled on him uh, last week and I feel really bad uh, my field supervisor uh, he's the one in charge of watching these guys when they're on the job uh, usually when we got to go to the bathroom and we're out doing a landscaping job you know you just got to kind of go urinate in a bottle somewhere uh, where no one can see you and uh, but uh, my field supervisor went and did that but then he put the, the, the Gatorade bottle uh, inside the cruise cooler and it came lunchtime, and uh, Orlando walked over there and 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 took a good swig of the now cold Gatorade bottle full of urine, and uh, and, and we haven't seen him since. That was on Thursday, and uh, I just feel bad. I'm trying to figure out whether I should let him know. 
Wait, he doesn't know that he drank urine, or he doesn't know he doesn't know. Like, thanks for the call. Like, I'm well, a little bit no, confused. He, no, he, he, well, he, no, that's he, why he left. That's why he left because of the prank that was played on him. Ah, uh, the old urine in the Gatorade bottle. Ah, uh, it's a funny prank. I'm not gonna lie. It's fun. It's not that bad to drink urine. Like, if you ever watched man, I'm telling you the truth. If you ever watched Man vs. Wild back in the day with Bear Grylls, one of the top survival tactics is if you're out of water and you have to urinate, you can drink your own urine, and that's better than like being completely dehydrated. Having said that, I understand why you would not be very happy if your coworkers played a prank on you and you were expecting a cool, refreshing Gatorade, and instead you got cold urine to drink. I don't know what the punishment here should be. I feel like in order to make this guy whole, his coworkers should have to pay part of their checks if you are the boss in order to make him whole. So I think everybody who knew about this, whatever they make for one hour, if there are five guys on the crew, the other four should get docked their pay and he should get their pay. That would be a solution. Also, as funny as this prank may be, you can no longer put urine in the cooler and have somebody drink it. Also, wouldn't you think a little bit that it looked like a strange colored Gatorade? I think there's probably a reason that Gatorade doesn't make a urine colored Gatorade. Because people would think, oh, this looks just like pee. Maybe smell it. Maybe just a solution. Maybe smell your uh, your Gatorade right before you drink it. Who's up next? That would be my solution. I would pay the dollars as punishment. I would take some of the wages from the guys who played the prank and give it to the guy. If he was a good employee otherwise, uh, especially, maybe even a couple of hours, give him a couple of hundred bucks uh, in exchange for this uh, mistreatment. All right, who's up next? Akron, Ohio, up next. Akron, Ohio. LeBron up? James weighing in. What's up? That's right. What, what's up, Clay? Hey, in January, my 12-year-old daughter my, told me my wife was having an affair. Um, I brought up to my wife. She denied it all, and eventually I found out about everything, found out the guy had been going on for about two years. Um, I had been an absent husband, a great father, a terrible husband. Drank five, six days a week. I didn't come to bed probably five days a week. I wouldn't shower at night, so I didn't come to bed smelling like beer and cigarettes, so I slept in the basement. So I wasn't a great husband. Um, the past six months have been good. We started, you know, we kept having sex. So I would tell each other we love each other, but there's always like that kind of trust issue. <clears throat> uh, I took kind of majority responsibility for her straying away. Um, but there's still always that thought in my mind. Anytime she's on her phone, texting on her phone, doing whatever emails. Um, I just don't know. Like how many kids do you have? Just a, I have one with my wife and two stepdaughters. All right. So the 12 year old who told you about the affair is your biological child with your wife. Yes. Um, how much do you like the 12 year old daughter? Oh, I love her to death. She matters She's more awesome. to you than any anything in the world, right? Probably would be yeah. my guess. All right. So, yeah. uh, and this has been six months since you found out about your wife cheating on you. 
Uh, you guys That's live been still about in the, eight or nine, yeah. Yeah, you live still in the same house. Have you changed your drinking habits? Have you changed some of the behavior that you think might have been a precipitating factor for what happened? Yes, it's still always difficult Sunday. You know, I like to sit out and drink beer, and it's, it's like hard to stray away from. You know, you have, have you always I don't been want faithful? One or two, I want twelve. Have, yeah, no, I know that feeling. Trust me, a lot of people out there listening do too right now. Had have you uh, been faithful to your wife? Yes, since day one. We've been married fifteen years. All right, you've been married fifteen years. You have a twelve-year-old. You have two stepchildren. You live in a house together. What's your financial situation? Uh, could be better. Like I don't know that I'd make it on my own. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, best of luck. So this is a this is a complicated situation. My position, I understand some people disagree with this. My position is once you get married and you have kids, if you can stay together and you don't hate each other to the ends of the earth, you should stay together. Now, this is a little bit of a complicating factor because your 12-year-old daughter is also aware of what was going on in your private life, in your personal relationships, and she's the one who had to be the one to tell you about how awkward this situation was. Um, but my position, I've said this for a while, I can't imagine not waking up in the same house as my three boys, right? I've got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 4-year-old. And so every morning I wake up in the house, I do my radio show, uh, and then I usually walk my kids to school. I think if you are not hating your wife and convinced that there is no way that you could ever stay together, I would probably try to make it work for the 12-year-old at least until she gets to be 18. Because I do think the financial constraints, the difficulties living in two different households, I do think that is challenging. So if you can stay together for the kids until the kids get to be college-age kids, graduate from high school and go off on their own in some way, I always think that's preferable. So it sounds to me like this guy... Uh, who just called in, has the ability to stay in that relationship, is just not sure how much faith he has in his wife. I understand that. Trust is one of the most valuable things that exist in any relationship. When you break that trust, like he said, she's texting, she's on the phone, you don't believe necessarily that that's a work-related call or that it's an entirely innocent-related issue. A two-year affair is a long affair. Having said all that, I think my advice is always going to be do whatever you think is better for the kid. And if you believe the kid is better off with both of you in the same house, which is usually the case, that's what I would, uh, that's what I would advise. All right, what's, who's up next, Dub? We got L.A. up next. L.A. rolling in. What you got for me, L.A.? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Um, okay, so my, when the Rams came back to Los Angeles two years ago, my nephew was playing pro football. He ended up getting picked up and signed by the Carolina Panthers. He's starting for the Panthers now. So I have the Rams as my home team and the Carolina Panthers as my family team. So I wear both gear to work, and, and my coworkers have been harassing me for the last couple of years. But I think family comes first. What, what do I do? I, there is a 0% chance to me family comes first. Your team is the Panthers. Now, I also think this is a little bit of an interesting question. Your coworkers are just being losers. They're jealous because you have a family member who plays on the Carolina Panthers. That's the story here. That's pretty awesome. Now, 
there's no reason why you can't cheer for the Carolina Panthers too. First of all, these uh, sorry, the Carolina Panthers and the Rams, they're not in the same division. They are in the same conference, but they're not in the same division. So if the Rams make the playoffs, the Carolina Panthers can make the playoffs too. Now, what's inevitably going to happen is they are going to play against each other. And in that scenario, you root for family over team. I don't think that's a tough call at all. If I had a nephew right now who grew up and played for the Alabama Crimson Tide, I would root for him to beat Tennessee because my family would matter more to me than the team that I grew up rooting for. And I think that should be the general rule. Now, what kind of family member? If it's like a cousin thrice removed or something like that, that's different. But a nephew is a really close family member. That's your sister or your brother's kid. That's really close family member. When it gets into the cousin angle, I think it becomes a little bit more difficult, but that is, I think, the play. All right, uh, what you got for me, Dub? Uh, one more call, it. I think. By the way, calls, I'm impressed. Solid range of calls here. Uh, we're doing this every Wednesday. Want everybody to get used to it. It's the anonymous mailbag live on the air. I will solve all of your problems. If you disagree with my decisions or my advice, you can weigh in on Twitter, at Clay Travis. I think I'm the King Solomon. I think I'm going to give you the right answer, but it doesn't mean everybody always agrees. Uh, who we got, Dub? Dayton, Ohio up next. Dayton, Ohio. What you got for me, Dayton? Hey, morning, Clay. Thanks. Morning to you. Um, problem is, i got an upcoming ticket to the Cincinnati Bengals game. My wife is a diehard Steelers fan. I'm a diehard Giants fan. My Giants play on Thursday night. Should I wear my color Sunday when I go to the game? Should you wear Giants gear to the Cincinnati Bengals game? And Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, no. You look like a loser when you wear gear for a team that's not even playing in a game. I got to tell you this. There's always some guy who shows up in gear for a team that's not involved at all just so everybody knows, oh, hey, I'm at this game, but I actually like another team. That is a total loser move. All right, I cannot impress upon you enough. Doesn't matter what sporting event you go to. I guarantee you there was somebody at the Cubs game against the the uh, Rockies last night in a St. Louis Cardinals hat because he's buddies with somebody who was a Cubs fan. That is a loser, loser move. Nobody cares about you rooting for a team of a team that you're not watching play. Now, if you don't care at all, if you are, what did the guy say he was, a Giants fan and you got the Steelers going up against the Bengals, that's fine. You don't have to be like wearing gear of either of the two teams playing. You can just go as a neutral observer and watch a game and enjoy it. I do that all the time. You could be a gambler and not care at all about anything. What you cannot do is wear random team gear from somebody else when you're going to that game. Now, if it happens by accident, that's different, right? Like if you are uh, going to a, let's say, like the Lakers are playing against the Warriors. Big West Coast rivalry now that LeBron is there. If you happen to be in a, uh, I don't know, a San Francisco Giants t-shirt, that's fine because it's a different sport And a lot of times you might not even think necessarily about what you're going to wear or you end up at the game and you haven't planned for it in advance. You're at work and somebody's like, hey, I got an extra ticket. And you're like, oh man, the only thing I got to wear to this game is like, that's a different exception. But if you make the decision to put on gear 
for some, but some team that is not playing in that same sport, you are a loser. That is a bad move. All right. Uh, we'll continue on with, uh, with the show. Um, I appreciate all of you. I thought the anonymous mailbag went pretty well. What would you say, Danny G? Two times in now, two yeah. weeks in a row. Would you say that was a solid I give that uh, a solid, solid B. I think it's higher than a B. I think it's higher than a B. I think you're being an well, aggressive, well, the calls were The calls were an A. You get a B. Oh, you disagree with some of my <laughs> no. advice? No, that, especially that last one. You're you're dead on. As I was walking into the Oakland Coliseum, you know, here and there, there were some Browns jerseys, t- obviously tons of Raider gear, and some clown was wearing a Tom Brady outfit from head to toe. He had a Patriots beanie on, a Brady jersey, <laughs> and his pants and shoes even matched the yeah, like, Patriots why? colors. And I'm you like, you are a total loser yeah, yeah. if you dress up. If you're going to watch a game. Everybody doesn't care who your real favorite team is, all right? You can go in neutral colors. You can wear a T-shirt. You can wear jeans. Like, there are plenty of people who don't have team gear on that just go to watch a game because they happen to have tickets. Nobody needs to see you waving the flag of your team that's not even playing at that event. that guy that does that wants attention very badly. He's almost like, look at me, look at me, and uh, yeah, it's annoying. No, it's incredibly annoying. I hate those people. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Think about year one with Dak. There was so much praise that rained down upon him when he replaced Tony Romo and came in and led the Dallas Cowboys to the number one overall seed in the NFC playoffs. And then what happened? He lost in the first round. Packers played an incredible game. Jared Cook with that insane catch on the sideline, that improbable throw from Aaron Rodgers. And then what happens in year two? Dak Prescott's just okay. What happens in year three? Just a guy at the quarterback position. Why? Because NFL teams got a ton of tape on him and they realized what Dak Prescott did not do that well Mahomes yes he went on the road and he won against the Denver Broncos but I think the Denver Broncos put some things on tape as well as he played as impressive as that left arm throw was I think we're going to have a regression to a good quarterback not a great quarterback this weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars I think the Jags defense is going to give Mahomes some problems And one thing that we saw in that Denver Broncos game was the Broncos took that game out of the clouds. It's a good description. Got a really athletic, difficult-to-control offense. Travis Kelsey running all over the field. You got big-time playmakers. You got Tyreek Hill, who they're just designing random plays for. The guy is an electric playmaker, almost impossible to stay in front of. The Broncos did. They slowed that game down. They played that game in the 20s. A lot of teams are going to play those games in the 20s now, and I think there's a pretty good chance that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to lose their next two games. I think the Jags are going to come on the road and win in Kansas City, and then I also think then Kansas City is going to go on the road against the Patriots, and they are going to lose that game too, and they're going to be 4-2, and two, and everybody's going to be saying, well, Mahomes' mania is officially slowed down. The other thing I would say here is Andy Reid and that offense, they are geniuses when it comes to devising complex schemes. 
that NFL defenses are not ready for at the beginning of the season. Early, early in the season last year, Kansas City Chiefs started off 5-0, and and Alex Smith looked like he was going to be the runaway MVP candidate. And then what happened? The wheels suddenly came off the Chiefs' offense, and that team stumbled all the way to barely winning the AFC West, and then they lost in the first round. Why do I bring all that up? Because I think this Mahomes mania is a little bit out of control. I think he's going to lose his next two games, and I think we're going to have to go back and recalibrate exactly how good he is. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 